You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Hello and welcome to Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy FPL Weekly Edition, the show for football fans who love to geek out in the official Fantasy Premier League with a balance of stats, partisan opinions and football banter. My name is Alfie, I'm a live comedy entertainer and uninspired Portsmouth supporter. Each week I'm joined by experienced FPL content writers from around the globe as they heroically lend me their skills and guide me through their philosophies and tactical choices the fixtures that lay ahead. On this episode, Game Week 11 is upon us and Nuno has paid the price for being Nuno, getting the sack after just four months in charge. We talk Tottenham and the arrival of serial winner Antonio Conte, whereas elsewhere, Chelsea head into a fixture with a Burnley side they love to spank. Given how many goals their defenders like to score, is it only Chelsea defenders from here on out? The Manchester derby is also here. Can Oli hold steady? And Jordi is contemplating the unthinkable by trading out Uber value defender Livramento. He'll talk us through that decision process. These questions are much more in our chatty football pie. Hello and welcome to the FPL Weekly. Uh, my name is Alfie. Thank you for joining me. Also joining me on the phone, calling from around the globe, calling from Colombia, a football writer, father, and I'm sure now a very excited Spurs fan. How quickly the worm turns, Will, aka Top Marks. Great. We have a yeah. decent manager. It's very exciting. We have, uh, and, and people like characterise him as a defensive manager, so I've got no problem no. if you can tighten up our defence. That would be a wonderful thing. But he also scored over 100 goals in, in each of his seasons at Inter. So he's also got, you know, he'll get the team firing. I'm really excited. It's a good, good appointment. Good. It's great well for the done. league as well, isn't it? I think. Um, yeah, great for the league. Have another top quality manager in there. Fantastic. Another Premier League winner as well, of course. Just like Jose. That worked out well. <laughs> Calling from the Netherlands, a semi-pro footballer who has finally been training with a new club. MVV Maastricht in the Erste Divisie. Congratulations and headset versus snore, Jordi van der <laughs> Well, it's not, it's not, we're not that far yet, but yeah, I'm finally, I finally joined the group training, so I'm excited. So MVV at Maastricht are in the second tier. Yeah. And uh, how you're on trial there officially? Yeah, you can call it like that, and uh, it's uh, yeah, partly how I look at it. But it's uh, uh, like I've said in, on uh, on passports. Uh, I'm I haven't been in training for over a year, so it's good for me. I'm I have to get used to it again, and yeah, I'm looking forward to to play fi- finally play football again. Good. Well, I hope it all goes well. And like like I said, if it does go well, I definitely want to come over, stand in the terraces, and throw yeah. some abuse your way. <laughs> so fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's before we go and look at Game Week 11, let's have a Game Week Roundup. Game Week Roundup. Arsenal, with a little help from goalkeeping brilliant, showed their power at the King Power by beating an informed lesser side 2-0. Burnley laid the smackdown, showing Premier League new boys Brentford that being hipster's choice means nothing at Turf Moor. Beating the Bees 3-1. Liverpool start strongly against Brighton at Anfield, but Potter's ever-improving side show resilience and skill to recover a 2-2 draw. Ha! 
The Man City trap was laid firmly in place as Big Pat's Palace recorded a deserved shock 2-0 win in Manchester. Newcastle's super extra low block is finally beaten down as Reese James delights fantasy managers in a solid 3-0 win. Southampton sneak a tasty 1-0 win against Watford at Vicarage Road. Rafina shows his class and the only class as Lee's edge a 2-1 win against Strugglers Norwich. The villains are hammered by the Hammers 4-1 at Villa Park as Moyes shows United fans just what they're missing. Wolves hold fast despite resurgent second-half display from Everton, trotting out delighted 2-1 winners. And my, didn't they celebrate? And finally, Man United come through a testing week by resolutely defeating Tottenham 3-0, causing Nuno to go. And Ollie, well, he just clings onto that wheel for a little bit longer. Game Week Roundup. Oh, so let's look at the scores for our past week. Uh, I got a OK 50. Will, 38 for Game Week 10. Matt was a 40. Matt's not here, of course. That's probably why. And Yordi, 62. Still somehow pulling it out of the back. What are you now? 10,000, 15,000 place? 16, 16K, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, 16K. And you, you want to win it this year, do you? Yeah, like everyone. Right? Well, I'm not. But well, I'm not. I don't know about you, but I'm not. Not this year. I can't be asked this year. I just don't want to embarrass myself. As long as I'm not embarrassing myself again, I'll be quite happy. <laughs> Plenty of things to ponder. Okay, game week eleven. Game week ten was fun for some and not others. Certainly not for managers who jumped on the Phil Foden, Mason Mount bandwagon. The latter missed the Newcastle game through illness, whilst Man City got done by Palace, which meant a paltry two points for Phil. So what are we looking at going to game week 11? The injury concerns seem to have sorted themselves out. Vardy, Christensen and Buemo are okay. And no new injuries so far, which means fantasy managers can instead concern themselves with what is going on at White Hart Lane. Yes, White Hart Lane. Man United fans went into this game week fixture versus Tottenham thinking they might be heading to game week 11 with a new manager. However, it is in fact Spurs fans who are welcoming a new manager in the guise of proven winner Antonio Conte. Conte, of course, won the Premier League rather convincingly with Chelsea in the 16-17 season, setting a Premier League record with the most number of wins, that being 30. The Italians' Chelsea side that season grew a reputation for being defensively mean, having only conceded 33 goals that season. But but they weren't the meanest defence that Accolade belonged to, you guessed it, Tottenham Hotspur. But anyway, this is seemingly good news for fantasy managers as we look to circle Spurs for bargains and rejuvenated players. They play Everton away. Everton's poor form continues as they struggle without their big hitters. So maybe this away game for Spurs may just be the tonic. Will, many discussions going on about Son and Kane for their fixtures game week 12 onwards. Has this now been accelerated because Conte has arrived? I think it's always interesting that you can't expect Conte to put his imprint on the team in just a couple of days. I think it probably, you know, give it, it's good that we've got an international break coming up. So the timing's right. So he's kind mm. of got some time to work with the players, those that will be there. But you'll obviously need a bit of time. And I think that was the issue with Nuno as well. He was still, you could see with some of the team selections, he was getting to know the players. He was trying to work out what the best system was. He had to deal, of course, with the uh, Harry Kane saga at the beginning of the season. You know, and he won his first matches, but then trying to reintegrate players and, and do what he wanted to do was difficult. I think two things I was thinking. Two, <laughs> Nuno was always ever going to play Nuno-type football. And Nuno ball, that yeah. Was, yeah, he wasn't really the right type of football for, that Tottenham fans wanted. It's great if you're winning every match, but when you're not winning and you're not getting shots, um, that's not how... That's not how. That's not the brand of football fans want to see. We want to see a front foot type of football. So you can see that that's why it's not worked out. And I think it was a really different. He had to really have. 
he started off winning. He won his first three games, and he really had to carry that on if he was going to win people over. He just had to keep winning, like any manager does. But with the style of football he's playing, it wasn't going to work out long term. What I think is interesting is getting Conte now rather than in the summer is that the transfer window is not open now. So Conte demands that teams buy the players that he wants, demands that chairman go out and splash the cash and get the players he wants to improve the squad. We can't do that until January. So I think that's really interesting, the timing of that. As Levy kind of half thinking, oh, well, maybe... Maybe Conte will get used to the players and he'll unearth some hidden gems. <laughs> that and, feels very uh, much like a levy thing to say. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I feel like it's going to happen. So he's hoping, I think, that Conte's going to get going to see the squad and go, oh, maybe they're not as bad as I thought they were. And uh, <laughs> I mean, look, he made Victor Moses into a great player at Chelsea, didn't he? I mean, that was, he turned yeah. that around. Um, so maybe that will have, maybe that's what Levy's hoping for, that they don't they're going to have to spend 100 million in, in the transfer window in, um, in in January. And also, I guess, what's going to happen with Kane? How is, the big question is, how is Kane going to react to working under Conte? Mm. I mean, this is, um, this is a top-class proven winning manager. But that's actually, let's stay on Kane, because uh, this is interesting for me, because obviously Conte knows of Kane. He's managing the Premier League when Kane was ripping it up under Pochettino. And... You'd kind of think any sort of professional footballer would benefit from having a manager of that level come into the club. He definitely benefited under Jose Mourinho, no doubt. Yeah, how, how do you see this one playing out? We know in the past he's said great things about Kane, I think back in 2016. Because not only did Spurs concede fewer goals than Chelsea that season, they also scored more goals than Chelsea that season, right? Yeah. right? And he was describing, even back then, he was describing Kane as a £100 million player. So the fact that he's... Now, working with this guy, you'd imagine that he admires him. You'd imagine he's going to try and get the best out of him. Um, that's a lot of positives, a lot of positives. But I think what what's really good is that the appointment takes Spurs up a level. You know, everyone's going to pull up their game. And Conte's word, whereas if you sort of felt that if Kane wasn't working out with Nuno, you kind of felt it was Nuno's fault. Yeah, really, for yeah. not maybe motivating Kane. But if Kane doesn't work out with Conte, it's Kane's fault, right? And that's a different dynamic. You've got a manager who's really there, who sets the tone, who's got that authority. I think that's going to make a big difference to how Spurs perform, how the squad reshapes itself and what's going to happen. I mean, I think the squad's better than, than certainly you think it is and a few <laughs> other people think it is. So I, I'm quite hopeful that things will turn around and we'll have a we'll have a bounce period and then Conte will, will get his players together and, and we'll see some improvement. I don't think we'll get back to where we were. I'm hoping Champions League football, maybe at the end of next season. That's kind of where I'm, that's where my hopes are at the moment. Mm. Interesting stuff. You mentioned Victor Moses there and that was definitely a coup for any uh, fantasy manager, wasn't it, back in the day? Uh, who, well, he was who, a midfielder in fantasy, so it was really annoying. It's like it turned him into a good player, but Mick Foses was a midfielder. If he'd been a defender like Alonso right, on the yeah. other wing, then That's that true. would have worked out. That's true. Hmm. Interesting. So who's he gonna? Who's the new Victor Moses? I mean, uh, <laughs> Matt Doherty is he gonna come back into the fray? I mean, you got Harry Winks. Is Harry Winks gonna suddenly be able to pass the ball further than ten yards? Well, I'm wondering, I mean, it's the, everyone's looking at the fullback. So thinking like people are talking about Regulon, people are talking about Emerson yeah. Royale. I wonder if you need to have that, what was good about Victor Moses, and he obviously went to Inter Milan with Conte as well, it was his work ethic. He was a really good, yeah. extremely fit, did the defensive work as well as contributing an attack. Um, let's see how Emerson Royale 
because that's the same side of the pitch. Let's see how, how he fits in because he's got the ability to go forward, right? I think as we saw in his first match against Palace when we lost 3-0 and, and Uno played that three-man midfield, which was just three defensive midfielders, um, which really didn't work. And he was he was exposed by Zaha in that game. So I still think there are questions. That, that was one of the reasons why Koeman... Uh, and Barcelona weren't particularly keen on was his the defensive side. And it's great, you know, his first choice Brazil right back and he can get involved, he can go forward and do things, but he's got to get that. He, I want, he's going to have to up his work ethic, I think, his solidity in defence. We're going to have to see a bit more from him on that side. But yeah, he's hopeful. He's the one I'm actually kind of thinking, he's got the talent. He's If he's got the, because he's also, you know, he's a defender, which is great. If he's got the talent, the application to work under Conte, he could be a real bargain. Mm, definitely looking at defenders myself. Jordi, your thoughts on Tottenham? I mean, uh, you were considering Son anyway, weren't you? So that's not changed now, I imagine. Yeah, uh, uh, looking at Son, yeah, and I just added uh, Reguillon to my watch list. I think he, he's a fullback that could fit that profile uh, Conte is looking at. And they basically don't have much to play with at left wing back. Left wing back. No, him I or Ben think, Davis, basically. Uh, yeah, Ben Davis or maybe Sessegnon, uh, but I don't think... What he's up to now should be Reguillon. And I think Reguillon has proved to be a good crosser of the ball for Harry Kane the past couple of months. So, yeah, it could be a really nice option at only 5.0 in a Conte defense. So it's it's really him, Son and Kane. I think, I mean, whoever fills in that right wing back, like Will says, maybe Emerson Real. But I'd prefer Reguillon if I have to say now. So, elsewhere at Conte's former club, Chelsea, Rhys James has been causing a storm. Three goals and two clean sheets means he's accumulated 34 points in the last two games, which has caused a price rise to 5.7 as fantasy managers scramble to get on board with that bargain R-Jam train. Chelsea midfielders often get talked up on Twitter, but the reality is the vast bulk of goals for the Blues are coming from their defenders. 12 of Chelsea's 26 Premier League goals this season have come from defenders, whereas only nine have come from midfield and only four from strikers. I think the other one must just be an own goal. They face Burnley next. Burnley up next for two cause boys at Stamford Bridge. It's fair to say Burnley consistently lose to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. However, it's not beyond the pale. There was a win there in 2017 and then a 2-2 draw in 2019, but they have lost the last two fixtures, 3-0 and 2-0. In fact, the last four fixtures home and away have an aggregate score of 12-2 to Chelsea. Jordi, if there's any fixture to bank your hat on for goal pie and clean sheets, is this the one? Yeah, first I got to say, I remember the fixture uh, which they lost at home to Burnley because it was the first game of the season, I think, four years ago. And I stacked up on Chelsea with Fabregas, <laughs> Batshuayi and the defender. And I think... I got a, a red card from Fabregas. It was a horror show. So not good memories for you then? No, in this picture, no. But but uh, yeah, the world has changed. Uh, and yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, going in, into this picture with two or three Chelsea assets. You were on Twitter. You, I'd seen yeah. this. I've seen this in print. You can't delete. Oh no, you can delete it. Uh, you were suggesting Havertz for captaincy again. Yeah, but I don't own him. So, and he's a bit of a. <laughs> he, is, he has become a bit of a very short-term option now because the yeah after the international break, I think 
one of Lukaku or Werner will be back and Havertz will become a no-go again. I think Havertz owners have been a bit unlucky these past two games. Not only in the first fixture, which he was widely captain, but also against Newcastle. I think he had a couple of decent shots and very good XG. So yeah, they only got six points because he caused the pen. Uh, but now uh, they play Burnley at home. I, I still think he's in the top three captaincy options for this week. So if I had him, I would certainly consider kept, uh, captaining him. But since I do not have him, I'm considering captaining one of the f- wingbacks who mm. both seem to be on the bench tonight, James and Chilwell. Oh, against Malmo in the Champions League, yeah. So they are bound to start again if uh, Tuchel doesn't trick us. Yeah, well, again, another trap, isn't it? But I have to say, yeah. uh, with Reese James, I mean, 5.7, I mean, the value on him is outstanding, to be honest. And even if it doesn't pay off this week, you think throughout the throughout the season, you've got to have at least one of those guys, haven't you? Yeah. James, the best points per game, I think. Best points per million. Like, yeah, name it, name what you want. It's, he's got it all. And you've brought um, him in You've brought him in this week. Even, uh, yeah. Salah has oh, the best points well, per game, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, hang on. Uh, just, to, just, to, you just for clarification. Just to, just to remind, we do have a player called Mohamed Salah who's like getting over 11 uh, points best, per game. Best point per start then? No, still Salah, I think. Nah, definitely no, not. Because James, James got sent off. He yeah, got sent off against City. No, against Liverpool. He got one well, point for yeah. a start, but in his other three starts, he had 18, 21 and 13. So... He must be higher than Salah. Okay, well, maybe they're close. Maybe it's best points per start. Right, I'll give you that. But I mean, anyway, let's not forget Mohamed Salah. And I'm just want to tell you, you'd actually, I thought Salah was captain for life. Isn't that who he is now? Or have we... Well, I've never said that. On? I've never said that. No, but the I world said, has said it. Why are you not saying it? <laughs> what do you know because, that we don't know? Because because he isn't. Yeah. Uh, I always look at. I'm 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 a really fixtures type of manager. So last week there was no point in going someone else, even though Salah only got five points. But I think this week West Ham away will prove it. Yeah, tough task for Liverpool. Salah could easily score two, but I think it will be harder than yeah in any other fixture. So it will take a brave man. A brave man not to captain Salah this week, I have to say. You I think? mean, yeah. I, listen, I'm, you know me. I'm all up for going for differential captaincies and going a bit cray cray. But I just think. But it's West Ham away. But they they like to concede goals. West Ham. They they love to concede goals. I mean, don't forget he's only got to score one goal and get an assist, and it could be a two. They might they might. Liverpool struggled against Brighton, you could say, but they still scored two goals, and that's ultimately what you what you're out for, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. on the other hand, the upside of uh, Chelsea wingback is massive at home to Burnley. Mm. They love to beat Burnley, don't they? They do. The other Chelsea player has got a good record against Burnley. He's actually Callum hudson Adoy, and he's pretty dirt cheap at the moment. Was he like 5.3 or something like that? He's getting a few games. It doesn't doesn't tempt you in any way whatsoever, Jordi? No, nah, it's the same with, uh, with Havertz, I think. Even less appealing because... Yeah, he's just there because uh, because of the absence of Werner and uh, Lukaku. So he, he's uh, he's at a nice price point. Uh, I admit that, but way too short term for me, especially now. He's not that threatening uh, as Havertz as well. So yeah, you have to get on it early or not at all. Yeah, that's what that's that's why I was considering Havertz two weeks ago, but not anymore. 
Right, fair enough. So I think we're all in some sort of agreement. Will, you might agree with this, that when it comes to Chelsea, we only consider him defenders now, realistically, until Lukaku comes back, of course. Yeah, I think, I mean, defenders are definitely the way to go. I'm quite, you know, switching to draft. In the draft, in the, in the, the beginning of the season, you want to get the defenders in and trying to get, even if they're rotation risk. I think I've got Thiago Silva and Rudiger, and they're maybe not going to play every game. But just having a Chelsea defender is so important. And now that we've got Chilwell and James, and they both look like they're in form, and we know Tuchel will kind of, when a player isn't in form, he'll rest them. So Mount wasn't particularly in form at the beginning of the season, then he was taken out. Um, and now he's when he played last week, he was in great form, but um, unfortunately illness. So he's, sorry, just diverting to Mount. I think Mount's a good player to own. It's a real shame that he wasn't able to play this week and he's not in the squad tonight. I don't know if he'll play this weekend. It's, that's a real... That's an opportunity missed. Do you know what I mean? That's like Dominic yeah. Calvert-Lewin earlier this season getting injured before a nice run of fixtures. Do you think that's that's a real that's really annoying? That's upsetting. But yeah, the defenders they've got so many avenues to points. You know, they're getting into the box. They get and even just when you, with the eye tests, right? Yeah. If you get all the stats, which are also positive, you see Ben Chilwell. He goes into the centre forward position. He's he's underlapping, not overlapping, going around. He's cutting inside mm. into the penalty area in the centre of the box. There's so many more goals he's going to get, you know. Mm. And Reese James was a bit more of a surprise because I generally, in my head, I consider Reese James more of the person who crossed the ball and assists more. And he's kind of. I remember he got what. Well, Beginning of the last season, I think before uh, Tuchel came in, he got a really great long distance goal against who was it? Maybe Brighton. Um, yeah, it was the first game week. First game week, yeah. And it, that's what I associate with for great deliveries, great, great control, great right foot. But it was interesting that that actually happened because Tuchel was saying, we need to give him more confidence to get to the box. We need to make sure he can take more risks. I should have listened to him and got. Mm. got James in before because that's exactly what happened he kind of the tactical chain we saw a different I think we've seen a slightly different James recently this season with him being that more thrust player still well Chilwell is still slightly better at it uh, in my opinion but they're both great getting them both there's no reason why you can't have both and the other thing to consider as well which can often be overlooked these are young players so in theory they should be better this season and they're being managed well he can. He's really good at managing the fitness levels. Yeah. He's really good at keeping the squad, the whole squad, involved and competitive. So he's not relying on a player to say, "Okay, this is my mm. first choice. I'm just going to play my first choice the whole time." He waits for the players to come into form. He manages the psychological side. You know, he talks about the pressures on Lukaku. He wasn't. Everyone said, oh, "Why is he waste playing Lukaku when he's um, when he's exhausted he meant mentally exhausted not physically exhausted and the injury Lukaku got wasn't due to mental exhaustion it was a it was a freak it was an accident it was an impact Sorry, it injury wasn't due to, it was an impact injury it wasn't a physical exhaustion injury he's really good at, at the whole like a holistic approach to managing the individuals in his squad and keeping them all together and this is why we were all so keen on Chelsea at the beginning of the season because even though they haven't Maybe didn't start the first few game weeks quite as we expected them to. They certainly were weaker defensively. They should have, you know, they should have lost to Brentford, um, or at least conceded to Brentford. But his approach to management is so good that you feel that once you get individuals coming into form, coming into the team like James, like Chilwell, 
that you've just got to get on them. They're, they're, they're gold yeah. because of the way he's, the way, how good a manager he is. It's funny, isn't it? Because um, there always seems to be this underlining fear when it comes to Chelsea players because of rotational risk that, that puts people off. Jordi, it's not enough to put us off, is it? I've seen people on Twitter mentioning it, like when you have Rhys James and Ben Chilwell and uh, Cancelo, you'll have three possible rotation risks over a very congested uh, period yeah. in December. But the way I look at it is, if I considered uh, FPL that way two weeks ago, then you would have missed out on like 20 plus points from Ben Chilwell and you would have missed out on 25 plus points from Rhys James. And transferring them in and out is just four or eight points. So you miss the upside is that huge that it feels like yeah yeah it, it goes over yeah. a number of fixtures. So if you if you play over three fixtures, if they play twice over three fixtures and they get eighteen points, yeah, they're six points exactly. per yeah, exactly. fixture. So what's the what is, so, you know? It's not a dissimilar analogy. Remember a few years ago, I think it was twenty sixteen with Conte where. Costa never seemed to get a yellow card. Like he, he raced to like yeah, four yellow yeah, cards after six game weeks. I think it was a three nil uh, with that turning fixture where they had that season. They lost three nil away to Arsenal Wenger's Arsenal, and Conte then right screw this, and he went to his three four three, and then the rest is history. And but over that period, it would keep. Oh, no one's going to get Costa because he's going to get yellow card. But he kept on scoring. He kept on scoring. He kept on scoring. They're not getting and that yellow not card. Not receiving this yellow card. Yeah. yeah. And it's like that. It's like, well, okay, rotation risk. Yeah, it could happen. But if you're going to keep waiting every game week for, for the players to be benched, but as we're saying, like in that period, miss out on all these points. It says fools, yeah. fools something or other. Fools errands. Fools errands. That's yeah. it. Thank you. So, moving on to other fixtures. Oh, it's the Manchester derby. Man United's new defensive setup saw a back five and a striking partner for Cristiano Ronaldo. And those who kept faith in Big Chris reaped the reward as the GOAT racked up a goal and an assist in a formation which seemingly maximised on the quality of the Portuguese legend. Uh, his price has dropped, however, 12.4, as managers, FPL managers, started to abandon the ever-flimsy ship and empty words of Solskjaer. And, of course... They do face Man City this week, Man United, don't they? Uh, City coming to this game at Old Trafford on the back of a loss in the League Cup and, of course, the Premier League defeat last week at home to Crystal Palace. In fact, City haven't beaten United at Old Trafford in the Premier League since April 2019. Since then, the Red Devils have won 2-0 in March 2020, playing five at the back, incidentally. And last season, it ended in a 0-0 draw. So it was looking bleak for Ollie last week, but on the back of the win... And the stripping of his ego, Will, is it a good time for United to play City? No, because I think City will be <laughs> looking for a reaction, won't they? I mean, they had that uh, disappointment. They'll, they'll be disappointed, as you've been rightly saying. I mean, mm. We've both been saying Palace are a good side. They look really good under Patrick Vieira, really well organised. But City will want to bounce back. And what better opportunity than playing an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Man United? How has he still got a job? I don't get it. <laughs> oh, you don't get it because he still gets it. Yeah, he, was, he always pulls the results out. The only res yeah, that's the thing. The Fitchers list are always kind to him. Uh, and it's also, they don't want to sack him. And it's man. It's easier if you just say it's Man United because they're not a normal club. It's just, just leave it at that. They love the narrative. The thing is, they've got, I've got 
Jaden Sancho in both my draft teams. And I'm just waiting for Solskjaer to get sacked so that Jaden Sancho will actually be yeah. played by a manager and actually do something. <laughs> and, what, and Sancho's like one of the top five best paid players in the Premier League. It's crazy. I mean, it's like they've got. Crazy. And he's just sitting on the bench. It's like, he's, and the reason he's paid so much is because he's talented. So I'm like, just anyway, that's what annoys me. Is he? he's, not, he's not playing Sancho. I think he's good. I think well, the Bundesliga is so good. I can't judge yeah. him. I don't know. I, watched, I, mean, I didn't watch much of him at Dortmund, but I watched the old game and he always looked. I like. Yeah, well, I think looks... Rafa Honigstein always says he's good. And I, yeah. like, I like what he says. Well, you can't see Sancho claiming a spot in that new system? <laughs> no, not, not a nailed on spot. He doesn't seem to be able to get the. He, doesn't, he hasn't fitted in yet. I don't quite know why. Maybe it was like a few of the England players, which we saw it, a few of the England players after the Euros took a little bit of time to get up to speed. And maybe that's, you know, Sancho's the same and maybe he'll come in and... Because uh, even Chilwell, who wasn't really playing at the Euros, it wasn't like a physical fatigue. Yeah. There was probably a mental fatigue there. So maybe that's part of the reason why Sancho's not been performing to the same level. But now he's got competition. He's got so much competition. I mean, Rashford's back, isn't there? I mean, yeah. Pogba, Pogba's obviously suspended. Pogba's also on four yellows. So when he does come back, he could easily be suspended again pretty quickly because he, he's not... It's pretty good at picking up yellow cards. So I don't know. I'm still. I just. I just would like to see him get a bit of confidence, get a bit of a, get a bit of a run in the team, and, and see what he can do. But at the same time, I think he'd be better under a different manager. He plays who's who's a proper who coach. Who's better? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, let's let's be honest yeah. about it. I mean, he is somehow we've. There's a guy there who should never have got the job in the first place and he got it because of just hysteria and ex-players like Rio Fernandez saying he's back, give him a five-year contract and all that stuff. But if you really break it down, the, the players have have not improved. I don't think that the players have, uh, will ever improve under him. But basically put it this way, if Sancho went to Liverpool or Chelsea, which I don't think he ever would have done, uh, I don't think they would have signed him, but you'd, you'd kind of feel he'd be participating a bit more having more contributions and improving wouldn't he i mean yeah but i mean look, we have a go at Solskjaer. i think he's also been a bit unfortunate he brought in you know bruno fernandez was the marquee signing not too long ago and he brought bruno fernandez into the fold and united became a better team you know he managed him very well brought him him in and did very well i would say he's kind of had ronaldo thrust upon him and it's it's trying to work out how to fit that piece in when you've also got another piece who was the big name summer signing before that of, of Sancho. So I think, I don't think he's, I don't think he's as bad as everyone makes out of Solskjaer. And I think he's actually done, uh, managing the United situation, which as you say, that, you know, it's, it's not a normal club. So he's got to do a lot of other work and a lot of big managers have gone there and failed, but he's not doing it a great job at the moment. Having just been Spurs three 0 but he's not doing a great job at the moment. But that, the, the funny thing is, he actually during that game was the first time I actually liked Solskjaer because for the first time I felt that the ego had been beaten out of him. Before they had this whole, oh we're Man United, we just sign players. It's the Man United way. This whole nonsense thing that they just really got on board with, and that's not how you win football matches. You don't just win football matches because you're entitled to. So it was actually nice to see him that stripped away. And he had that look of fear in his face, that sort of like he really applied himself. And you think, yeah, fair play. It's the first time, you know, you just did something most managers would have done. You played a desperate five-three-two and hoped for the best, and and it worked. But you can't. There's no. You can't move forward with that. Man United can't move forward with that setup. 
Well, you reckon he possesses with the system now? Well, he will against City, but going forward from then on, it just can't happen. So, the, so then those problems will come back, essentially. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just, I, I think that system, I think, you, I think there's an element of truth in what you're saying. I think that system can work against a setup like Nuno's, like how, how he's set up underneath him. I don't think it can work with some of the more modern progressive systems that, you know, something like City are playing or even, even Brighton or something like that. You know, I think those kind of teams, they could work their way through those, through that kind of system, although Man United do have a decent record against Brighton especially when you extend the match by 10 minutes or let them have penalties off. Or just finish the match, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. But anyway, City, I think, will get a reaction. I'm interested in your thoughts on Foden as a new, as someone who's just reacting at the moment and just buying whoever is the new... (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, Will, you're... Oh my God, this is nice alignment between you and Solskjaer, the panic and the sort of... Just yeah, it's like, a panic. I don't fucking own him. I want to get him now. Get oh, well, you, well you'll, be, you'll be so bad in uh, uh, trading cryptocurrency. I'd be so... Yeah, thank, thankfully, I don't do that. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. I mean, let's not go down the cryptocurrency route. Let's actually talk uh, Phil Foden. Let's, come on, what's going on with Phil Foden? Yeah, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Phil Foden. What's happening? But, he, he didn't do what we expected him to do against Palace. Why was that? But he still he still was one of the better performers, I thought. Yeah. Okay, uh, so you'd leave also, it, you'd leave him in the force nine position against uh against well, United. I guess it depends also on how they set up in the Champions League game. Yeah. But yeah, like we've like it's been discussed on Twitter, um I think we can we we've been talking about pet roulette like three four seasons. And I think we can can have a better guess this year. So, yeah, he likes Foden in the, uh, as a false nine. I've, I've told Alfie how I, um, I've seen that, that interview from uh, Pep after the Brighton game uh, about Foden. He was asked a question on Foden and Gabriel Jesus and another player. And he only answered with regards to Foden. So he wants Foden on the left. He wants Foden on the right. He wants him yeah, yeah. in the center. So Foden looks quite in- integral for the way they play now and yeah he took off the Bruyne before the 16 minute he's also said today that Gundogan isn't uh where he should be uh after his injury so and on the right it's basically Mares versus uh, Gabriel Jesus so it's a 50-50 looking forward I think Foden is the one to get and um will prove to be the best value from any city midfielder or attacker and uh, yeah, uh, Guardiola will see the United game as a must-win, obviously, and it will be a tough game for them. So I don't think he will rest anyone there. Maybe yeah, the question marks will be Gundogan or De Bruyne, uh, but yeah, Foden and Bernardo Silva should play. So yeah, I agree. I think the difference is with Spurs is you'll see an intensity of pressing to win the ball back and putting Man United under pressure in a way that they weren't really put under pressure by Spurs. And yeah. I think that I think that will make I think will make it uncomfortable for them. And we saw how bad United were when Liverpool did that to them, just constantly put them under pressure, um, and they just buckled. So that that may, I mean, Varane wasn't playing against uh, Liverpool, I think. But no, he wasn't. No. I, don't know, I don't know if that makes a huge difference. And you'd and you'd reckon uh, you still reckon United slash Solskjaer will have learned a bit from that Liverpool game. So even though I think Foden is the one to get from City. I'm not sure he's a good boy this week. Yeah, looking at the fixtures, I think there will be... I think it's better to wait a little longer because also the, the Everton game post-international break uh, looks to be 
rotation territory because they face Paris after in a quite important Champions yeah, League matchup. Yeah, so, they've got to win there, don't they? And West Ham in the weekend after. So, yeah, I think uh, the timing with Foden is not that good now. It was obviously prior to the Brighton game when he got 18 points or this game week when they faced Palace at home. But now I think you'd be able to wait three more weeks. Mm. And then, yeah. yeah, let's see how involved he is with England over the uh, over the international break as well. I mean, that might yeah. determine whether he starts Everton. I think England have pretty easy games, right, over the international break. So it'd be interesting if Foden doesn't play a lot, then maybe he does play the Everton game after all. But yeah. Yeah. So how do we feel about um, KDB's prospects after being taken off uh, before 60-minute mark uh, at the weekend? I think the other thing I noticed with the ball, he just, his touch looked heavy as well. There was one point where I think the, the, there was a ball in the box and his touch was loose and the ball went away. He just looked a bit out, out of form. I don't know why that is. If there's something going on or it just needs to be a run of minutes, I'm not quite sure what it is, but... With, I think with Bernardo Silva playing so well in midfield, I think Grealish is, you know, maybe not doing as much as we'd hope, but he's still giving them some sort of threat and, and creativity. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're fully reliant. I think they can afford to arrest De Bruyne when they need to. But it's more about the team and the coaching. I think it's like City will just, I expect them to play with an intensity that will benefit whoever is in the starting lineup. I think the thing I find strange is that. Um, there's talk going on now that De Bruyne is off form and that he isn't himself post-injury like he has uh, had a couple of nickels and all that uh, kind of stuff but just uh, a week ago he was benched versus Brighton so we can't uh, and uh, he came on for 30 minutes and he created the most chances in that game he had an ex- ex- expected assist of 0.6 and the two games prior to that he scored against Burnley at home and he scored away to Liverpool. So people yeah, saying... Slightly he fortunate is, against Liverpool. Yeah, that's that's true. But he didn't necessarily have a bad game. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, he looked he looked poor against Palace. And then the talk is that, oh, okay, uh, he's still um, recovering from those injuries and all that kind of stuff. And he's not in form. And, but just two weeks ago, he scored in two consecutive Premier League games against Liverpool in which he did not have a bad game and against Burnley. So, yeah, it just suits the narrative, I guess. But it's still it, a question for me because I do own him. So, I, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what to do. Is it also not a question of our expectations of him? Like, he's been... He's what? He's, he's actually won the PFA Player of the Year last year. Like, we... And he was the top-scoring FPL player the season before that. Like, we know he's got a level that he can reach. Yeah. And he's not at that level. And I think you may be right. Maybe it's like if he's going to play, he's not a bad player. No one's saying he's a bad player, but he's not at the level where we th- know that he can be. So maybe yeah, that's things, true. Things get like the conversations get skewed because, or the different, or the we think he's worse than he actually is because we've seen him be at a better level before. But he's, he's kind of maybe not as good as he normally is, but he's still okay. Uh, what, are we, what are we going with? We're going, Jordi, you haven't decided what you're going to go with. Are you, Man City, you're going to beat United. You're not going to be Man City. Or is it going to be a draw? One one. I think I think City's going to beat United, but um, I think it'll be a one two or yeah. I'll go with one two. I'm going with nil nil, and I'm staying away from this fixture. Stay away. Stay away. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, the other fixtures I want to touch upon quickly, um, we've got Southampton versus Aston Villa. Uh, Ross Barkley was a difference last season. They won 1-0, uh, but also Jack Grealish was playing from then for Villa. Um, uh, Jordi, we've heard whispers that you're trading out Liveramento. Okay, so I'm wondering of, uh, whether I should use both my transfers because everyone yeah. says, oh, you should have two free transfers over the international break and you can uh, wait for information and do whatever you want with them. But the thing is, my planned transfer for next week, so my planned transfer for after the international break, was De Bruyne to Son. Yeah, I mean, you've even got De Bruyne in that team and you're still getting 62 points. Yeah, <laughs> so I've got two free, trans two free transfers now and I'm thinking I should use both. To, uh, one is De Bruyne to Son already, so I yeah. bring one planned transfer forward, so that shouldn't be a problem, I think. That will give me 2.5 in the bank. So I can uh, go Livramento to James. I will still have one million. But if I do that, I'll play... A... Okay, so I'm leaning towards benching Jimenez. The thing is, I want to win uh, to win FPL this year. So I'm going... I'm yeah, well, going... You didn't want to win it last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I'm not going to... So, I don't want to win this year. So Next year. I, don't... I don't want to win this year either. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I'm thinking I'm not going to play Jimenez versus Guaita. I'm going for... The upside. Okay, you're going for maximum return. Yeah. yeah. So I'm playing Guaita, of course. And then I have triple Chelsea defense against Burnley yeah. at home. I'll yeah. have Duffy at home to Newcastle. Uh, Salah, obviously. Son versus Everton. Rafinha and Vardy facing each other. Saka versus Watford. And then the question is, is Al Yunusi going to start? <laughs> it's the first game of the week, so we might get intel on that. But he was uh, subbed up for the first time in a couple of weeks. It's the first time ever, by the way, for Stuart Armstrong. Uh -huh. So I'm thinking uh, Stuart Armstrong gets a nod over him. In that case, I'd start Cancelo. I could also, the other thing was a sideways move from Aspilicueta to Rhys James. Yeah, I mean, Jordi uh, uh, and Will, I mean, there'll be a lot of people listening to this, raising a few eyebrows at the idea of selling Levermento given his price and his points return. I mean, what, how, what are your thoughts on selling the Romento will? But then, yeah, I mean, if you, if you sold Lee Romento, you're kind of doing, you're getting rid of a really nice, cheap value for money player in defense. Yeah. True. And you're giving yourself a, an expensive player on your bench. Are there other players? Like, I mean, I was wondering why, you know, people aren't going for Mane, but you could have gone for Mane instead of De Bruyne, for instance, or something like that. Or, I mean, but it makes sense to get Son now with the new manager coming in um, and, and the nice fixtures. Yeah, I guess, it, I think, I don't, I mean, at the same time, all these conceptions we have, all these ideas, like, well, why, why does it matter if you're benching an expensive player if there's so much value in the team? There does seem to be so much value yeah. this year. Why does it matter if you bench an expensive player? And, and even, it doesn't have to be forever. It can only be for, if it's going to work out for like a two, three game week period. And then you kind of could always get Livermento back. You don't have to like live, you know, if you think he's, um, if you need to get funds from somewhere and you want to switch to a three to three man defense in the future or something like that. I don't know. That could work. The reasons for not doing it are all sort of preconceived ideas of how you should have your team and how you should have your team structure. But over a short period, there's no reason why you can't do it. Um, yeah, the thing is, if I, if I would do it, I would have to leave Trent again. Yeah. I would have to leave Trent still, yeah. 
But who's, I mean, then what, at some point in the future, Aspilicueta goes to Trent, would that be yeah, the idea? But, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all right. Because you kind of will need 1.6 again. Yeah, but you've got Duffy sitting as your kind of cheap. You'd rather sell Livermento than Duffy. Yeah, because I think Brighton are better from defensive point of view. The thing is, in the first 10 game weeks, um, I've never been opposed to playing Duffy and Livermento has been on my bench most of the times. And I'm not... Like like this game week again, they play uh, as a Villa at home and I'm just not convinced I should play Livermento because I think they will concede. And his attacking threat isn't what Twitter makes of it. If only you had the same love for Livermento as you did for Alanusi. <laughs> you way better yeah. position. <laughs> if only, if only. I think that's fair. It's basically, you've got you've got to sell Duffy or Livermento, and you have to choose yeah. between one of them. That's, I think it's. And, I, and I just, I just can't convince myself to sell Duffy before Newcastle at home, Leeds United at home. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe I should add that the reason why I won't be that bothered trading out Livermento is that I can sell him for four point two now, and I. Yeah, I just consider him to be a 4.5 defender now. Uh, he's already up to 4.4. He will, I mean, he might go up in price again tonight. Yeah, and like I said, I don't rate their fixtures. Brentford versus Norwich, very quickly. Now, the general consensus tends to be that Brentford will smash Norwich. Brentford are at home, but there's no Raya. And last season, the championship, don't forget, Norwich won the league. Let's not forget yeah. that. And Brentford went up through the playoffs. And last season, the championship, this fixture finished 1 1. Um, so. And Norris won one one nil at home. Yes, and they won one nil exactly. Yeah. So, are we wrong to believe that Brentford will beat Norwich? And a lot of people were backed, and Bremo, me myself included, and Ivan Tony. I mean, is this? Have we done it wrong? Look, let's put it this way: if you've got those players, why would you not play them against Norwich? Yeah. It's like you've yeah. invested in them for a reason. You, you're right. I don't think Norwich are as bad as people are making out. Uh, and I think they've still got fight and spirit and they're still playing for the manager. They're certainly, they're not cut and cut adrift yet by any means, but I'd still fancy Brentford to win. I think Brentford, when they turn up, can be a good side. Jordi, you haven't got any investment in this, have you? No, and I, and I honestly don't get the love for Tony because he's he has resonant price from 6.3 to 6.6 on the back of four two-pointers. And everyone is getting excited about him because he plays Norwich and Newcastle and obviously he played Burnley last weekend so everyone was getting excited about him for those three fixtures and he could easily score one or two but his underlying stats are uh, his underlying numbers are not that good in I think his non-penalty uh, XG is closer to that of Joe Linton and uh, Jordan Ayew than it is to Kay Adams so right, that sounds like a trap to me yeah to me as well um, but yeah, if you have him for Norwich and and for Newcastle, then yeah, you should play him definitely. Thank you for joining us on this week's show. The FPL Weekly will be around weekly, uh, unless there's an international break, which I th- is next week, isn't there? So we'll be after the international break. If you want to listen to some more, uh, for more content for the boys, you can find Yordi and Will on Twitter. And you can find their handles, their Twitter handles, in the episode blurb. Um, we didn't mention Captain C because I think that doesn't have to be mentioned these days. I think most people will be going Salah. I think I will. I mean, but Yordi did mention maybe captaining a Chelsea defender. I mean, that could be tasty, but I'll leave that up to you. Uh, in the meantime, have a great Game Week 11. Hope it goes well for you. We'll see you after the international break for Game Week 12. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
Please. 